Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 23. The happy herbivore, Lindsay Nixon, discusses overeating and how you can kick the habit. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like many trees. When you're having dinner with me, broccoli. Dr. Yami Kazorla Lancaster, board certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant based nutrition, habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am super duper excited for today's guest. What an honor to have Miss Lindsay Nixon on the show today. Lindsay is the best-selling author of five vegan cookbooks and the Happy Herbivore Guide to Plant-Based Living selling more than 284,000 copies of her books. She's Mm -hmm. been featured on the Food Network, Dr. Oz. Her recipes have been on the New York Times, Vegetarian Times Magazine, Shape Magazine, Fitness Magazine, Bust, Women's Health, WebMD, and others. She is a rising star in the culinary world. Ms. Nixon is praised for her ability to use everyday ingredients to create healthy, low-fat recipes that make eating well easy, affordable, realistic, and delicious. Learn more about Lindsay and try some of her recipes on her award-winning blog, happyherbivore.com, and her massively successful meal plan service at Meal Mentor getmealplans.com. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on Veggie Doctor Radio today. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm a huge fan and you are one of the reasons that I was able to transition so easily to a plant-based diet almost seven years ago. And I completely agree with what the bio says. You really make it easy, affordable, inexpensive. It's just great. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, I appreciate you saying that so much. 
I want to go ahead and just get started because I know we're going to have some really fun things to talk about. Yeah. For those listeners that don't know very much about you, if you don't, you need to, but I want to hear about your story because you have been through so many transformations. I've enjoyed watching your journey, but actually your first career was in law. What prompted you to change your life and become a vegan blogger? You know, it's, it's such an interesting thing of how it all worked out. So I uh, went vegan when I was in law school. And the reason I was, or the reason I started looking into a vegan diet was like, I, well, I'd always struggled with my health. Like I'd had chronic migraines since I was like seven or eight. Like the doctor almost didn't even believe that I could have migraines because I was so young. They're like, this isn't, I don't, that's what, but that's what it was. And uh, I had so many issues with like food, upsetting my stomach, like I missed sleepovers and parties, like things weren't happening for me. Um, My life was very hard for like nine and you think like a nine year old should be like living it up, like happy, joyful, playing, that wasn't me. Uh, And so I'd always kind of had health issues and then in law school, I was really starting to feel badly, but I was like, of course, I'm in law school, I'm studying all the time, I'm doing all this homework, all these classes, of course, like, of course I feel bad. And the migraines were worse, and the insomnia was worse, but I just chalked it up to my schooling. And I kind of put off going to like my yearly exam, because I was like, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm studying. Um, But then like, it just kept getting worse. And so finally, my migraine medicine ran out, and my doctor said, listen, I can't prescribe you any more migraine medicine, I can't help you out with your insomnia anymore, and so you come in and at least get a regular checkup. And I was like, okay fine I'll go and as soon as I did um I knew before I left that there was some problems there was some I could tell from the way she was talking and then she was immediately making appointments for the following day and then the next day and then seeing this person and what it was is I had a lot of abnormal early cancer cells like taking place in my lady bits and um, I was very lucky because everything was able to be taken care of right away and I didn't miss too much school and the procedure was not too terrible, but I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm 22 years old, I'm in law school, I'm at the beginning of my adult life, I just buried my grandmother to cancer, like this, this has got to change, like I, I, this can't be me, this can't be my life. And so I started reading, I read the China study, was completely convinced I needed to be plant-based to prevent cancer or any other problems. And that was it, hook, line, and sinker, I was all in. And um, immediately I slept better, my grades improved, uh, the migraines went away. I had all kinds of acne that I put every kind of pill drug cream on, never went away, they were gone. Um, I think I said my insomnia went away, I was just so amazed that I could sleep. And just all these changes, I, uh, I had chronic stomach problems to the point where I had to carry Tums and antacids and like 20 other things in my handbag, all gone. Um, my, I, I remember canceling appointments with like gastro people because I didn't need them anymore. Hmm. Like I didn't need to go see the person about the bloating and the diarrhea and the cramping and all that pain that was gone. Um, I had struggled to even regulate my hormones enough to get a regular period that all went away. I, and I just stopped having to see all these doctors that I was avoiding because I didn't want to because I was in law school. I'm like, this is a multifaceted solution. Fabulous. Um, And so I was a real sort of success story on that front. And um, I was so excited about it that by the time 
I was a lawyer and working as a law, like I was working in a law firm, I decided to start sharing all what I learned through my transformation in law school. And it just sort of took off. And I had this opportunity to write uh, first my first cookbook based off of the popularity of my blog. And I just kind of was like, you know, I don't really like being a lawyer that much. So let's give this a chance. And my family thought I was crazy, and my friends thought I was crazy, and everyone's like, you're leaving a law job to write a blog? Um, but that's just what I felt was my calling and what I was supposed to do, and I'm so glad I did. Wow. That's, story. that's, <laughs> that's an amazing story. So you pretty much went cold turkey then. Yeah. There was a little bit of a time where I was freelancing because I had to be able to sort of like pay my bills and I had an insane amount of student loans that I still do 11 years later. But uh, it was mostly just sort of like I'm tendering my resignation, peace and blessings. And to my employer's credit, they were surprised, but um, very encouraging. But as far as the diet though, you went cold turkey from- Oh, right, yeah, totally. Um, Initially, well, I had grown up a vegetarian for most of my childhood. I was a small child when I was uh, eating a Happy Meal and I looked out the window and it was the first time I put together that my hamburger came from that cow and that was that was it for me for a lot of years. So it wasn't very different or radical. It was something I had already had some familiarness with, but yeah, I just was like, that's it. Like I'm going vegan. Um, I wasn't the healthiest vegan at first. I was like eating a lot of Boca burgers and... And this was so long ago, almost 11 and a half years ago. So we didn't have the products we have now. Um, there was like one soy milk, one almond milk. There definitely wasn't any kind of faux cheese, at least not where I lived in Boston. Um, so, but anyway, it wasn't the healthiest. But then the more I sort of learned, I was like, okay, let me eat more whole foods. Let me put veg in vegan and not just live on pasta and boca burgers and french fries. So there was the evolution there, but in terms of being vegan, it was like, we're, we're, let's do this. Let's bank that in there. Wow. That's just amazing how much health improvements you were able to experience. And I'm sure that oh, that I, made you just feel like you wanted to go on top of a mountain and just shout it to everybody. Yeah. And in a lot of ways I did, I ran a marathon that year and I couldn't even like walk a 5k for charity the year before. Um, I learned to snowboard, which is my favorite thing now. And, um, I just, it, which is mind blowing to me. Cause if you told me even six months before I went vegan, I'd have been like, Oh, I'd never be able to do something like that. No, never like ever. And I just was like, sure, let's run a marathon. I have all this energy and why not? That's so cool. It's crazy. Now, you started this blog, and you started it while you were in law school, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. And before that, did you enjoy cooking or playing around with recipes, or did the change in your diet force you to learn those skills? It was the change in my diet. Um, I didn't know how to cook at all. Like, I didn't. I had no idea. I could maybe boil water to make pasta. I remember I didn't even know how to make scrambled eggs. Like, it was such a problem, and my mom just sort of, like, sent me off to college with, like a box of Eggos and cereal. And um, she, she's like, oh yeah, you just boil water to make pasta. And I was like, okay. But I was fine because I was on a meal, like a meal dining hall thing. Um, and I gained a lot of weight like a lot of freshmen do because, you know, donuts were awesome and available. Um, and then I met my husband when I was in college and he's a bit older than me. And so he did all the cooking. Like he was like cooking and whatever. And there was a stint in there where I was a vegetarian. And when I was a vegetarian, my husband was kind of like, 
okay, I can work with that, sure. And so he was making sort of vegetarian food. And then when I was vegan, he was like, I'm out. <laughs> I, I don't know what to feed you. I don't know what to do for you. Um, and so I had to like go in the kitchen and learn to cook because I didn't know. And as I mentioned, it was 11 years ago, I was living in Boston. People didn't understand vegetarian. I would say I'm vegetarian and they would give me a lobster roll. So like there was no hope of going to a restaurant and getting a vegan food, but it was great because I wouldn't have my books or anything now if I hadn't had to do that. But I was very much hand forced. I gotta find something to eat that's not rice. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's what makes your book so incredible is because they're written for people that are normal people, not right. chefs that want, you know, like, especially on weeknights when you're busy, you just want to be able to do things that are fast and that still taste good and are satisfying. You don't want to have right. to do like five step souffle, whatever, you know, right. so yes. Yes. I think that because of your experience coming from like, I don't even know how to boil water <laughs> to, okay, now I have to cook my, feed myself all the time because nobody's going to be able to do it for me. And I can't right. even do it at a restaurant forced you to learn that simple method of how do I make something that's easy and delicious at the same time. Right. And I remember, I don't know if it was when I was touring the Food Network kitchens or whatever, and um, someone said something like, you use ketchup and mustard in your recipes. Like they were so horrified. <laughs> I told them there was no Santa, there was no Christmas, there was no New Year's, they're dying today, they're going to get, like, they were, and I'm like, we all have ketchup and mustard in our fridge. Like, when you come home from work, you have ketchup and mustard in your fridge, but you don't have goji berries. Yeah, exactly. They just, no. like, couldn't believe it, and I was like, you know, I use peanut butter, too. Like, it was the funniest thing. I was like, mm. And I teach cooking classes regularly and I recommend your books a lot because one of the first things people ask me is, am I going to be able to find these ingredients yeah. here? I live in a small town and the only thing that might be a little bit new to people is usually nutritional yeast. Yeah, but besides that, everything is just normal, all ingredients you can find in your grocery store, at your farmer's markets, things like that. So it's very adaptable to people's regular lifestyles. And it's funny because nutritional yeast is even so mainstream now that it's at supermarkets and Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was, that was the one thing that I was like, you might have to go to Amazon for that. Yeah. Well, now it's everywhere. It's just now people don't necessarily know what it is yet. But once they start using the recipes and they're like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. Okay. So then the next step of your journey. So you're, you're doing your books. You're very successful with all your books and your blog and then the meal plans. But then you took another step in your health journey. Mm -hmm. Initially, you went from omnivore to vegan that improved your health. But then a few years ago, you had a pretty significant weight loss. And you talk about this openly on your blog mm -hmm. and on social media about how you went through a phase where you had developed an overeating habit. And you yes. have gone through the process of helping yourself change those habits. And I want to know more about that. How did, what triggered the change and how has it evolved since then? Well, I have to sort of explain how I became an overeater to like know where it all came from. And so, um, you know, early on, and I never was like an overeater or a binger. Like when I was a non-vegan, I was actually very peckish. I didn't even like food all that much. And I can remember early on in my relationship with my husband, he taken me to Cheesecake Factory. I'd never been to one. This is when they were kind of first out and new because we've been together for 14 years. And um, 
the menu is huge. If you've ever been to a cheesecake factory, the menu is the biggest thing I've ever seen. And I can remember sitting at the booth almost to the point of tears because I was so anxious and upset that I didn't want to eat anything. Like this was the biggest menu ever. And this had been a problem. Like we'd gone on dates or we got on faces and I didn't want to eat anything there. So he thought I'm taking her to the lottery. She's going to be so excited. She's going to want, and I didn't want to eat anything. So I was a really picky, didn't like anything food person. Um, and like now which is funny because people are worried when they go vegan or plant-based that they're going to have like all these foods taken away. And it's like, I eat such a wider variety of food than I ever did. Like I was so picky before and didn't like anything. Now I want to try stuff. But so I, this idea of overeating almost was unbelievable to me. And even when I would come out to family and friends, they were shocked because I was so picky and I was so like resistant to eat food that, especially with all my stomach problems, I was so terrified something would hurt my belly that people were like, what do you mean you're an overeater now? Like, I don't understand. Um, and so when I became plant-based, like two things happened, my stomach issues went away. So now I could eat and I could eat without feeling bad. And so that was ex exciting for me. And, um, the other thing too, is that I, I liked it. I liked the food I was eating. It tasted good to me. And then it was also healthy. And so I started getting into this sort of habit of just patting myself on the back. Like, look at you. You just ate something so healthy. This is so healthy. Like, oh, good job. You're eating all these carrots. Good job. You're eating all these apples. Because before I didn't eat fresh fruits. I didn't eat vegetables. As I mentioned, I um, was a vocal burger and like French fry vegan. So um, I was like, I got to put the veg in vegan. And so I was really patting myself on the back for all the vegetables I was eating. And, um, and that's sort of where it started. And I continued and I see it too. Like I would go to health restaurants or like healthier restaurants, or even now I'll go to vegan restaurants with my omnivore friends and they eat a ton because they're like, but it's so healthy here. This food is so good for me. And they're like, blah, 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 putting it all in their mouth, thinking they're doing a great job, but, um, this way more food than they need. So that's what happened to me is I, um, became this blogger and this cookbook author, and I got this amazing opportunity to speak at all these vegan conferences and all these plant-based things. And there was this constant message about eat all you want, it's plants, it's healthy, you can't gain weight, like eat it, eat it. And so I did. I would, for the first time in my life, eat as much as I wanted, which I wanted a lot because I was excited. I would eat until I would feel full. That's what I would hear people say, like, oh, just eat until you feel full. And I was like, I don't think I ever feel full. Um, so I would just eat and eat and then pat myself on the back for eating, you know, so many bean burgers or rice or vegetables. And I started to slowly get in this habit where I would have a plate of food and then I'd get up and have a second plate of food. And then that became my normal. Like I always had two plates of food and then pretty soon it was like, Oh, I'm going to have a third plate of food. And I just kept doing this. Or I remember one day, like I'd always taken just an apple as a snack in between like lunch and dinner. And then one day I was really, really hungry. So I went and got a banana. And then the next thing I knew is I was always packing a banana and an apple. And, um, you know, a few weeks later, like one time I was hungry. And so now I was packing a banana and apple and celery and hummus. Like, and it just kept like evolving to eating more and more and more food. And I've actually talked to friends who aren't even vegan, but they now eat their overeaters. And they're like, it's crazy. Like, I would only get a bean burrito at Taco Bell. And then one day I was super hungry. And so I would get two bean burritos. And then the next time I went to Taco Bell, I got two bean burritos, like just automatically. And like, that's how they got to eating as much as they did. Like 
they're like, it sounds crazy when you say I eat four bean burritos for dinner, but I didn't start there. Like I worked my way up and I'm like, that's what happened to me is I worked my way up. And before I knew it, I was just eating so much food. And the problem was, is it was a slow evolution. So I didn't see it, which was the way the weight gain was too. I didn't wake up one day and weigh 45 more pounds. Like I didn't wake up one day and weigh 20 pounds more. It was a slow, gradual thing. But early, what really got me was early on, I could eat all I wanted. And I was still losing weight, even though I was eating all these foods, which cemented it. And it makes sense because four bean burgers, which is more than I need for my lunch, but four bean burgers is still half of the calories of like a pepperoni cheese pizza. So of course, even though I was eating more volume and more food, the plant foods had less calories. But as I lost my weight and I you know, didn't need as many, it really started to sort of lose that special safety net. And so I was still eating a whole bunch of food, but then I wasn't losing any more weight because I was overeating my calories. And I realized that's the problem is I'm just eating too much food all the time. And it didn't matter that it was healthy stuff. I was eating perfect. I was only eating vegetables and grains and beans. I hadn't eaten any nuts. I didn't eat sugar. I didn't drink alcohol. At one point I was so desperate that I didn't eat anything that wasn't legitimately whole. Like I wouldn't even eat hummus or refried beans or a pureed soup or applesauce. Like this was crazy. But I was just like, why am I not losing weight anymore? I don't understand. I'm still eating plant perfect. Um, and it was just because I ate too much. And I remember I was at the gas station filling up my car and I wasn't paying attention and the gas started spilling out. Like it's spilled, it came back at me. And that was, I think, one of the moments that helped me realize that I was an overeater is like, you don't get an award. There's no reward. There's no trophy. There's no magic anything for overfueling, even if it's good stuff. Like my car's not going to drive faster. My car's not going to do anything better. All I'm going to do is I'm going to overfuel it with fuel and then I'm going to freak out and worry I'm going to set my car on fire when I drive away because there's gas all over it. And that's what I was doing in my body. Like my phone doesn't work better if I overcharge it. Once it's charged, it's charged. But unlike the car and the phone, like our body has a way to store that extra energy and it's not the way we want it to. It's not, it's not, it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I was like, I gotta, I gotta learn to eat in my biological needs. I need to rein it in. I need to eat portions that are appropriate in size. I need to eat an appropriate amount of calories for myself and not just keep thinking like plants don't have calories that don't count. Like I can remember sitting like on a call like ours that we're having right now. And I brought, I was hungry when it started and I was like, okay, let me just grab these baby carrots to eat while we're having this. And I stuck my hand in the bag and I'm like flopping my hand around. And that's when I realized I'd eaten the whole bag of baby carrots on the phone call and didn't remember eating one. And that was just like my habit. I was, I was always eating. But then I was like, look at me. I ate baby carrots instead of chips today. Like it was such a weird relationship. But for me, the way I got through it is I had to just sort of well, one admit I was overeating and that plants don't have magic calories that don't count. If you eat too many, you do not lose weight. Um, and then to just start really paying attention to portions and getting out of those habits like I talked about where I just automatically got a second serving, whether I was hungry or not, where I automatically packed a second banana, never mind. And then I would eat it at work, no matter what, I would eat it. Even if I wasn't hungry in the afternoon, I would eat it and I'd be like, okay, are we hungry? Do we need the apple? We were not hungry? Cool, the apple will stay here for tomorrow. And just stop that sort of 
systematic eating or even um, another thing that I often found I did was I would eat more at lunch because I didn't want to go back to work. Like I would have my second apple to like justify my lunch break. And I was like, I don't have to eat to justify my lunch break. I can just, I'm an adult. And if I want to take 30 minutes for lunch and I only ate for 20 of those minutes, that's okay. Like I don't have to keep eating or um, I'll put off work to go eat. Like, oh, well, I'll just get this work done after I eat because I can't do it while I'm hungry. And so I was constantly looking for justifications to eat or to put off doing something to eat or um, like even just coming home from work is I would immediately come home and have a snack and it's like, but, but was I really hungry? Like, could I really not wait until dinner? And I realized the snack was how I unwound, but I could do that with a book and a cup of tea. And so it was really starting to like, look at all these habits I got into of um, timed eating. It's 12 o'clock, I have to eat. No, I don't. I mean, if you have a certain hourly job that might be required, but at my job, it doesn't matter if I take my lunch at 11, 11.30, 12, 12.45, 12.42. So for me now, I just wait until I feel hungry to go eat. I don't just like automatically eat because it's 12 o'clock. And um, it's just getting back to that connection with myself and my hunger has been has been so helpful in the overeating for sure. I was a lot. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, no, that was great. I want to go back to where you talked about reward though, because even though you're saying it, you don't get a reward from overeating, you no. get a lot of consequences to form the habit. Mm -hmm. There's, there is a reward there somewhere, whether it makes sense or not to us, Right, right. there is something there that's prompting that. So just like you were saying, uh, unwinding that feeling of relaxation or calm that you were getting from the chewing or whatever it was, or just the time out that you're like, okay, this is right. time. So I can't do anything else. Um, even just the sensation of being over full can become a habit, you know, yes. feeling of like, I want to feel stuffed for, mm -hmm. because those stretch receptors probably do give us some feedback to the brain that like, okay, yeah, you can go take a nap now. You yes, know, right. You can go so, to bed. Um, so it is one of those things when we develop habits, it's not because we're bad or, you know, we didn't think about things. It's because there was some sort of inherent reward in there somewhere mm -hmm. that potentiated that habit. I like so, the point that you brought up about feeling overstuffed. Cause like I got to the point where if I didn't feel, that's how I knew to stop eating. Like it, it wasn't, I didn't stop eating my meal until I got to that overstuffed point. And if I didn't feel overstuffed, even if I felt like fine, I would still think I needed to go eat more. Like I didn't know any other way. I either was starving or I was so stuffed it hurt. There was no in between for me and even when I first stopped overeating and my stomach would feel empty I would think like oh it's, I gotta go eat and it was like oh but I'm not actually hungry it's just my stomach's empty right now and that's fine like it can be empty and not hungry but it was like mind-blowing to me that I didn't have to live in this state of like extreme fullness um that there are a whole bunch of colors in between there so I'm really glad you brought that up Yes. And that's one of the reasons I love this topic is because this is one of my personal struggle struggles because I started dieting when I was nine mm. and I went into that diet binge diet binge cycle. So I definitely identify with that mm -hmm. need to feel really full. Like it's almost like right. you reset all of your 
your standards of what yep. does it mean? And then whenever you don't feel like that, it feels wrong, even though right. that's not right yeah. for your body. Your body doesn't probably want to feel like that. But when you develop that habit, you don't, you don't remember the mm -hmm. other stuff. And so I remember I, I would go years without ever experiencing hunger. It was just yep. eat, eat, eat as much as I could all the time. And I didn't even know what hunger felt like. So once I started feeling hunger again, it's almost like panic, like, whoa, right. what's yeah. this? What's going to happen? It might kill me. I might die. <laughs> you know, so. so true. I have, for the longest time, I had a pop-up on my phone that said hunger wasn't an emergency. And it's so interesting because, like, if we're thirsty, it's amazing. We all live in, like, dehydrated states, most of us, unless we're super good about hydrating. And it's like, the, even when we do feel thirsty, we still put it off. Like, we wouldn't go pick up the random water bottle on the side of the street and drink it. Like, we wouldn't. But the moment any of us feel hungry, we immediately, like, go look for food and eat the first thing we find, even if it's something that we wouldn't normally want to eat or enjoy or what. And that's how I was. The second I felt hungry, I would immediately think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I need to find food. And it didn't matter if it was, like, Twinkies, M&Ms, whatever was the first thing, because it was never a healthy choice. It was never the first thing available. But I would go forever without water. And it's crazy, because from a biological standpoint, we can go a lot longer without food than we can go without water, yet we treat the other one as the emergency. That's like life ending. Absolutely. And I think that's so common. I know a lot of people who feel panic and that, that's why we even have the term hangry because right. there's a lot of people that get irritable when they're hungry because there is the psychological perception that this is a really big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. So learning how to stay in tune and learning how to ride those waves, knowing that you're not going to die and mm -hmm. it will hit like a little gentle peak and then it'll come back down. Your body will say, okay, that's why I guess Kenny right now. Guess we'll wait till later, you know, and it's, it's not an emergency. So whenever you first went vegan, mm -hmm. you did have some initial weight loss just from moving from the right. standard American diet to, to the vegan diet. But then you said you stopped losing weight. Right. What happened at that point? Were you just still dissatisfied with your appearance or did you just have this feeling inside that you knew that because you were an overeater, you could lose more weight? What was it that triggered you working on this? Because once you develop these habits, as you know, you right. have to work at them Real hard, yeah. to reestablish re new ones. And sometimes it feels hard. Sometimes it feels easier, but you have to put effort into the change. So what triggered, what motivated you to put that effort in? Yeah, I, I didn't even notice I was an overeater at first. So what it was is I had lost around 20 or 25 pounds. And, uh, I was now at from like the standard charts. I was at considered a healthy weight. Um, and my doctor agreed, but I didn't like the way I looked. And I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for anyone who's heard me speak before because I'm so obsessed with this. I had the worst chafing in my arms, like between my arms and my armpits. Like it was extremely painful. It was all the time. It was constantly raw and I was in so much pain. And I also had it in like my legs and certain other parts of my body. Um, which when you think of 140 pounds, like a lot of women, that's their goal weight. And so for me, um, I'm at this goal weight that I'd always wanted to be. My whole life I fantasized about being that weight. And I was at it, and I was at the, quote, healthy weight at the doctor's office, but I was still, like, really uncomfortable, and I didn't like how I looked. My, you know, my stomach was hanging over my pants, and I was like, this isn't what I expected. Like, I didn't expect to look. I thought I was going to look like a Lakers girl. Like, I really was like, what? I don't understand. Um, and so I was kind of desperate. I'd hired a personal trainer, spent like $5,000, didn't really look any different. 
And then I finally, in a last ditch effort, decided to get my body fat measured because I was just like, what? I don't, I don't understand. And when I got my body fat measured the first time, I was at the tippy top range. I was barely what considered healthy. And the technician, she didn't mean to say it in a mean way, but she just was like, wow, you have a really high body fat percentage. And that was the first time it had ever even occurred to me that like 140 pounds can look a whole lot different depending on how muscular you are. Like you could look very curvy, you could look super Olympic fit, you could look somewhere in between. And that's what my problem was. Like it didn't matter that I was 140 pounds. Like I still had all this extra body fat that was causing all these painful issues. And of course, like I didn't like the way I looked, I was uncomfortable. And so it was then that I started trying to be more perfect with my diet and that wasn't working. And I think um, I ended up being, I was suffering so much that I ended up actually eating more because it provided me comfort and relief from being so stressed out and that this wasn't working anymore. Um, but when I finally realized I was an overeater, I was like, oh, it may not even be that I need to lose more weight. I just have to lose this body fat. As that happened, I ended up losing another like 25 pounds, but it when I stopped overeating, but that was what it came to me is I stopped looking at what my scale was saying because it wasn't answering my question. And I started looking at my body fat percentage and now um, at a much lower one, I, I see the difference. And it wasn't even, I guess for me, I, I wanted to change the way I looked because I didn't want to still spill over my pants. Um, I didn't want to still have the chafing. That was really the big issue for me is I was like, I cannot live this way anymore. I'm so uncomfortable. I live in a very warm climate. I was really starting to get embarrassed because it was not just painful and raw, but it was just really red. And I was so, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And so I was like, I have to lose weight so that my, my skin stops rubbing together and I stop this problem. And that was my motivation, my focus. And then it kind of became a curiosity because I continued to lose more weight. I lost more than I ever thought that I could. And I remember calling Dr. McDougall and being like, have I lost too much? Like, I don't know. And he's like, no, <laughs> he was just like so frank. And he was just like, no, um, he's like, most people lose way more than they think they did. And if it ever comes to a point where you start being uncomfortable, well, you know how to get it back, don't you? And I was like, that's very true. Um, so I just kind of was like, all right, let's just see where I end up. And that's kind of where it happened. And now, um, it's been almost three years that I've maintained what was it and still is my lowest weight and my lowest body fat percentage. And so I feel like my body just sorted itself out as long as I eat appropriately. Now, if I start going back to eating four bean burgers and six sweet potatoes for dinner, um, I will not stay at this place, but, uh, it has been, it was a natural evolution, but it was vanity. And I'm not ashamed to admit that a lot of it was vanity. I wanted to look a certain way. Um, I had dreams of the way my body would look, and I just couldn't, oh God, every time I think back to how much Vaseline I used to get through the day, I am like, I should have bought stock in that company. Wow, that's amazing. Well, now that you've been through that, and you found yeah. the tricks, you found your combination lock to get you to where mm -hmm. you are, do you feel satisfied? Do you feel like you've reached the point that you're comfortable with yourself? Yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, there are days where I'll be like, Oh, I feel a little bloated. Um, or like, Ooh, you know, but most of the time I'm just happy. And one thing that I noticed recently is that I just get dressed in the morning. I used to spend so many hours like fussing over clothes. Do I look, do I look fat in this? Like 
really just stressed. And now I just sort of like wake up. I'm like, oh, I feel like wearing purple. And I put on a purple shirt and I go. And I never, it, it's a benefit I never thought of. I was just like, oh. Like when I was vegan for a long time, my nails stopped breaking. I never, I didn't have to put like the strong nail polish on anymore. They didn't break anymore. And it, I just noticed one day and I was like, oh. And that was sort of like a big thing for me. And now I don't get freaked out when people want to take pictures or my family wants to take pictures. Like I'm just like, sure, yeah, let's take a picture. And I used to just be like, oh, I don't know. I need to be on the left. I need to turn. I need to like stand in this weird position with my legs squatting and my arms like a certain way. And I just don't do any of that anymore because I'm just comfortable in my body and um, it's the way I looked and I want to look and not everyone wants to look the way I do and that's fine we all have different things like um, you know one of my friends who also lost a good bit of weight you know she's upset because she doesn't quite have voluptuous boobs anymore and uh, I was like well I guess that's your trade-off and it's funny because there's memes like I'm gonna lose weight my boobs offer as tribute but I I get that and so I definitely look different than I thought I would but I like I like the way I look now. And if I decide I don't like it, I know what I need to do to change it. That's right. Well, that's beautiful. I love that. So let's address this myth of how uh, plants have magic calories or that they don't count because this is a huge thing for me too. And it always kind of makes me very uncomfortable when there's people that are developing and I see it on the boards, I see it online. There's people developing this overeating habit and they don't feel right. They know it doesn't feel right. They know there's something wrong about it that's not matching. And uh-huh. then somebody will say, oh, don't worry. You, there's, you can't gain weight like that. Or no matter how much of that you eat, you'll still lose weight. Uh-huh. And it's, no. like, <laughs> it's like physics. Like there are laws of physics, right? Right. So let's address that myth. And what do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people who believed that and told it to others. Um, I remember I was at this one, um, I won't say which conference, but I was at a, a very famous plant-based vegan conference, and I had had three plates of food, and the person who was putting on the conference was encouraging me to go back for more, and I said, like, oh, don't you think I've overeaten? And this was a doctor I'm talking to. I'm like, don't you think I've overeaten? Don't you think I've had too much? And they're like, oh, you can't. You, you can't gain weight on this food. You can eat, you can eat and eat and eat and you won't gain weight. I was just like, but I don't, but, but really like, and I, I remember thinking like it was crazy to just keep eating, but I was like, well, okay, you know, what do I know? And so I did. And this is again, part of how I became an overeater. And like at another conference, I had a similar thing where um, people just kept piling food on my plate. And I was just like, but, but is that a lot? Like, isn't that like a lot? Like that looks like a lot. And they were just like, Oh, but it's also good for you. You should eat it. It's so healthy. And I was just like, okay, like, what do I know? Um, and I think too, like you said, with my stretch receptors, I think they were like totally out of whack for like the first year. Like I think that they had just been pummeled and beaten and shoved full of stuff of food. But, um, Yeah, but they don't count. There's not magic calories. Like you said, there's physics back to the car. Like at some point, the gas starts spilling back out you. There's only so much your body can take. And then it's like, nope. Uh, And that was what it was for me. And I hear people and people will be like, well, I eat 12 bananas a day and I don't gain weight. And I'm like, well, that's super good. And I wish I had your genetics, but that's not my reality. Like I, I can't. And there have been times where I've since tried to be like, well, let's just see if I can have like a second potato. And all it does is it makes me get in this habit of always wanting two instead of one and I gain weight. And then I have to fight, like you said, I have to fight it all the way back to get back to my normal. And so for me, it's like, "Mm, no. And even now, um, 
like I still feel that desire. Like I still want to just like think I can go eat all the food. Like I just want, I want to, I want that to be true so bad. I so, so much want it to be true, but it's not, it's not true. And, um, like recently I had an apple and it was really huge. And I was so proud of myself because I stopped eating when I was no longer feeling my hunger. And I was like, but the apple's not finished. And I want, like, but I was like, but eh. it like killed me not to finish it. But then I ate it, you know, six hours later and it was fine. I did finish it, but I, just like not eating, um, because it's there. And, uh, one of the things that I say to myself a lot is, you know, if hunger, if it's not hunger, I'm using food, like I'm using it. Hey humans. I know you want to eat healthier, but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients, as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide their recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello, spring. And time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutri-Greens and we loved it. The Daily Nutri-Greens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients such as B12, 
iron, zinc, and selenium. The Daily Greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The Daily Nutri-Greens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the Apple Banana Daily Nutri-Greens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, the way, like I have a lot of friends that are in different 12 step programs for different reasons, but I realize that a lot of what their literature says applies to me with food is it's like, well, if I'm eating this and I'm not hungry, I'm using it for something else. Like you said, to escape, to take a break from work, to not do something at work, to, um, just feel like a reward that I finished. Cause I love to check boxes. I love to finish things. I love to zero things out. It's like you said, with the fullness earlier, you're looking for that external validation, some kind of proof that it's done. Like you're so full now you literally can't eat anymore. Um, and so just finding the in-between shades of gray has been really hard, but really great. Cause it's, I want it to, I want them to not count, but they do, they do, they do. And people will say things like, um, you know, they don't believe me. They'll be like, well, she must've been eating like sugar or oil or whatever. And I wasn't, and I can't prove that to them, I guess, unless we go back in time with a time machine. But I, I think for most people that they know, like you said, they know that it's wrong. Like they know that they're, having six bananas blended for ice cream as dessert is too much. Um, and unfortunately they don't have people in their corner that are being honest with them, maybe because they don't want to believe it themselves or they're not ready to hear it. But that's, that's definitely been my story. And I, I see it time and time again. If, if I start, you know, eating a lot more than I need because I'm using food to distract myself or because it's there, because it's tasty, any number of reasons, um, the weight will creep back up on me and I have to 
work it back down again. And, um, but even greens, like I remember for a while, I don't remember who started it, but they were like, have a pound of greens every morning. And I'm like, why am I forcing down a pound of greens? Why not wait to eat those greens to when I'm hungry? Like there's no reward for shoving a pound of greens into my mouth in the morning. I mean, cool. I love kale for breakfast, but, um, these arbitrary things of eating this much food or you have to eat these foods every day. It's like, but, but do you? Because I just don't, that's not, I, lions aren't worried about this. Elephants aren't worried about this. They just like wait until they're hungry and then they go eat the next available plant. Yeah. Well, maybe not lions. That was a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> and, and carnivores on average, they eat once a week, you know, right. they're not like constantly eating. Now, of course, the the pure herbivores, because the low calorie density, they have right. to spend more time on that task. But um, yeah, that's very interesting. Tell me about you. You mentioned that you still have those urges, so mm -hmm. that habit is still back in there, even though oh, yeah. you've managed to replace it or use other things. Let's talk about mindset a minute. What sure. kind of tools have you been successful with to help you in those times when it might be easier to just go dive head first into some oven baked fries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, those are so good. Um, so good. And I would eat like trays and trays and trays of them and still want to go make more. Actually, mm -hmm. I would go make more. I don't know why I'm lying. <laughs> um, so one of the things when I was researching mindset science last year, which is super fascinating, is that if you believe something it is so if you believe something isn't going to satisfy you it won't and so because I got used to eating four plates I would not I would look at a single plate of food already preparing for my second one and so I would just have this thought that this wasn't gonna be enough for me or you know it just it wasn't um, and so one of the things I do is once I plate my food you know I tell myself like this is enough like this look at this I look at it it's beautiful this is really filling this is really gonna do great things for me I'm gonna be so full after I eat this meal because if I look at this meal no matter if it's a cracker or a buffet and I say that it's it's you know not gonna fill me up it's not going to fill me up mm -hmm. and there's been so many fascinating studies with this they they did it with um, price points like they would say this is really expensive wine and leave the sticker on even though it was a dollar and people would be like it's amazing or they would give them 20 20 soup and they'd be like it's the best soup i ever had in my life and it was really campbell's or they put red food dye into lemon jello everyone thought it was cherry because they had the they looked at it and thought it was cherry or even with um they did milkshakes where they would tell them oh this is a low calorie milkshake this is a high fat guilty milkshake and even on like a hormonal level like the hormones the bodies produced was based on the perception it was the same milkshake in both studies but the amount of hormones released were exactly this like based on what they thought even so one of the things I do is I tell myself I'm gonna be satisfied like I'm not already thinking I'm gonna go back for seconds I'm not already thinking I'm gonna go back and if I do finish like last night I finished my meal and I was like oh that was so good I want more and I was like, okay, well, um, are you hungry? And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not hungry. But if I think about it long enough, I can make myself hungry. I can talk myself into it. Um, so I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go clean all my dishes. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go put some laundry away and set an alarm. And if I'm still hungry or I become hungry in 20 minutes from now, I'm going to have more. And I never do. It's so extremely rare. It's so rare. And I tell people to go clean their toilets. They're going to have the cleanest toilets of their life. But if you go clean your toilet or you walk your dog and you pick up poop, magically you will not want to eat more. So that's, I, I delay eating, which means I often 
don't end up eating more. And I find, oh, I am totally satisfied with this. And I've recently, one of my clients I work with privately, um, we've been doing it with chocolate. So I let her take as much as she wants, which is often like half the cake. And I'm like, okay, great. You can have a fourth of that. And she's like, well, that will never satisfy what I need. I need that, all of that. And I was like, I know, but let's just try this. And so she'll eat a fourth of it. And then I take, take it away. And she has to go do something else for like 15 minutes. And she never comes back for it. Never. Like if I go ask her, she'll be like, that sounds good. But like, if I just like, don't bring it up again, she's fine. And if I ask her later, she's like, oh yeah, that was really satisfying. And sometimes she even thinks she ate all of it. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't even remember that I, I portioned it off. And I find this is true with a lot of people and it really works with me too. Sometimes I'll just cut my apple in half and then go eat. Portioning is a huge thing for me. I, um, I don't eat out of bags anymore. I read this incredible book. I'm obsessed with his research, Brian Wansink, Mindless Eating. And he also is the person who did a lot of the studies I was talking about earlier. But with him is he found um, if you put something in like a bowl, you will eat a lot less and be satisfied. But if you're eating it out of, because we look for contextual clues. And so it doesn't matter if it's laundry detergent, dog food, cereal, whatever. The bigger the bag or box is coming out of, the more you're going to serve yourself. And so bring bringing your arm to the bag just like doubles that up. And so for me, I, you know, I'll say like, okay, here's my portion. I'm like, this is my portion. This is all I need right now. And then I take it away and I go eat it. And it's almost always enough. But if I just like sit there with like an open bag or like a big giant tub of something, I'm just going to keep like eating until it's over. And I'm just, I look for my finish line, which is that there's no more. Um, and so, but when I put it in a little bowl, like there's my finish line and I'm happy. It's just like kind of working with, it's using my tendencies for my own benefit and not for my, you know, detriment because that was what I was doing before. Like if I'm, if I say I'm going to go for a walk, it's really easy to be like, I'm going to go walk to the stop sign and back. If I'm trying to like go for a walk until I don't want to walk anymore, I'm not even going to leave my driveway, Mm -hmm. but like giving myself that sort of goal, which in the past meant I finished it when I didn't need to. And now it's like, Oh, okay. Time to reevaluate. We've had the small amount do we need more? Well, we want more. We always want more. That's Lindsay's problem. But um, we're going to wait 15 minutes. And most of the time, it's okay. Like, I, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. I once was at a restaurant and I ate a sandwich and it was so good that I ordered another one. <laughs> and it was just because it was good and I wanted more. Like I wasn't even hungry for the second sandwich. But that's what I was doing because I was like, oh, it's okay. It's Subway. There's no calories. Oh, no, don't worry. I, I have way more than that stories for you. But I'll tell you, <laughs> as parents and moms, we do that all the time. We just eat our kids' leftovers. Oh, so yeah. It's not like, <laughs> you know, this is a very typical, very common. And, um, yeah, I mean, the kids plates for them. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm like that too, like you were saying before. I'm a finisher. So if I have a plate full of food, it is right. mentally distressing mm-hmm. not to finish it all. So right. I love some of the tips you give about how in the mindless eating, they talk about the science of just using smaller plates, which makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's also a way of doing the mind trick of no, that's enough. That's the same as before because mm-hmm. you see that larger amount on a smaller plate or it even looks more filling than it would have mm-hmm. if it were on a bigger plate. But I wanted to point something out and that is the, the feeling of 
struggle or pain. You know, you say you still have these urges Mm -hmm. and maybe these urges, once we develop these habits, maybe they'll pop up here and there and they're always going to be there. But do you feel that using these mind tricks is something that helps decrease that feeling that it's Mm -hmm. like a a pain or a suffering in your life? Do you feel like most of the time you're actually like, okay, I'm fine. This new lifestyle, the the habits I have are actually fine and I'm happy. Or do you feel like you spend more time in this is really painful and I'm suffering a lot? Yeah. People ask that. It's a really great question. And I think early on I was like, oh, this is all so miserable. Am I going to have to do this forever? But it it just eventually starts to change. I got my new normals. I got used to only eating a plate of food at dinner. And so it wasn't such a big pain supper thing anymore. One thing um, I found is like, I have to come from a place of positivity and gratitude, which is like looking at my plate and deciding it is enough for me. Whereas in the old days, I would look at it and think it's not enough. Or I would look at my food and think it's filling. And like when I used to calorie count, I would know things had no calories. And so I'd already be going in my mind, well, this is only 20 calories, which tells me I'm not going to be full. So like I had to stop paying attention to the calories of things because you're, I know you're totally getting it. So like you appreciate it. Thank you for validating me. Um, But that was one of the things, but starting to be like, this was enough food or I just had, I would think like, when my body is like, oh, that was really good. I want more. I immediately try to think like, oh, I had such a good meal. Like having that gratitude and appreciation that I had this amazing meal. Because if I think like, oh, I want more and I don't get it, then I feel like I've like cheated myself and I've almost made a negative experience out of what was a positive experience. And so I keep trying to have like, this is great. That was great. Yeah, of course. Of course I want more. That was so delicious, but it was so filling. Like, oh my gosh, it was so filling. Like, that's so great. Um, but I do find it was an evolution. It's, it's, it's been a long sort of change. But one thing that's interesting to me that I realized recently is when, when my life's unbalanced, when I'm really stressed out, when things are going crazy, when I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm taking on too much, that's when I want to overeat. When I am not self-caring, when I'm not taking care, when I'm doing too much, when my sh- stuff is just not manageable. That's when I want to overeat. And when I start to realize that when I start having that drag to go back for more food or I want to eat, or I find myself just more hungry than I normally am, I know that I need to check myself and check my life. And 99.9% of the time, it's purely, I've done too much. I've taken on too much. I've suffered in some way because I put everyone before me. I didn't even put me on the list, which, you know, being a wife or mother is very easy to do. Um, and that's when I'm like, I got to go back to like my 30 minutes of self-care, whether it's meditating or yoga or reading a book. I, people make fun of me, but I love to spend time in my closet. Nobody bothers me in there. So like I will often go and sit in my closet for 15 or 30 minutes. And, um, it's just like, no one finds me and they don't, they don't bother me. And I recharge my batteries, but, um, suffering is always overeating. And I think that's what ended up happening that made me an overeater is because I was so upset of all the things that I wasn't eating. I was so focused on all the things I couldn't have that I was sad. And so I would like try to overeat the good foods when, when I could have just recognized my emotions. And then like, um, one of the things I tell people, I say to myself is it's not that I can't have that thing. I'm choosing not to. And I kind of go through it and I talk about it as this like flip side of deprivation. So like I could deprive myself, like you can have this attitude of I'm depriving myself of a second margarita because it's so many calories or whatever. But instead I think, okay, 
But if I have the second margarita, I'm going to deprive myself of feeling good tomorrow because I'm going to be hungover and I'm not going to be 100%. Like always looking at the other side and then it's okay to not, then suddenly magically I don't want the second margarita. Or like recently there was a cinnamon bun and it looked so good. And I was like, oh, I'm depriving myself by not having the cinnamon bun. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. If we have the cinnamon bun, we're going to sugar crash and your stomach is going to hate you. You are going to be in a world of hate for at least two days and then you're going to beat yourself up for two weeks. And like when I thought of that, I'm like, oh, I don't want that. And so it's like, you know, there's the, the not having the thing and then there's the not having the thing by having the thing. And so for me, taking a hot moment to pause like last night, again, I was still looking over at the dinner and I was like, oh, but I really want it. Like, if I eat this, I'm going to be so overstuffed and so uncomfortable that I'm not going to sleep good tonight. And I cannot sleep good tonight because I have a full day tomorrow and I can't be constipated and <laughs> I can't be tired and um, magically it's okay. And now this morning I woke up with a lot of gratitude for not eating it because I slept well and I wasn't, my stomach wasn't bothering me and I wasn't constipated, but also because I get to have it for lunch today. Yes. Win, win. <laughs> See, yes. That, that's all the gratitude. You are a master of the mindset. And this is what I have noticed with people that are able to lose weight and keep it off is mm -hmm. You have to have your mindset right. You oh, have yeah. to, because otherwise you will fall back on those old habits and those old patterns. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I completely agree. And that's something I've noticed too, that helps me at dinner time mm. is that I sleep so much better if I'm not stuffed. And yeah. it does, it messes with my digestion because you know, if your body's trying to digest all this stuff while yeah. you're actually supposed to be sleeping and resting, yeah. it doesn't go well the next day and you feel all bloated and bleh, so awful. So thinking about, just like you said, not what am I missing out on, but what am I giving my future self? What gift right. am I giving my future self for tomorrow so that you can turn everything over? And it just takes practice. It takes right. practice and recurrently using uh -huh. those little tricks in your brain. So, oh, yeah. and for the listeners out there, Lindsay talks about all of this stuff in her podcast. Oh, yeah. she, very nerdy and <laughs> has references to all the articles and books that she uses. So if you want more on any of these specific topics, she covers a lot of them. Um, really quickly, I want to talk about how your meal plans have helped you in your journey oh, sure. to, to stop overeating. So um, it's so funny. I wanted to interrupt you and bring up a point and now it, it just came to it. So one of the things um, for me is I have to have um, the right mindset, which means the right portions. And so with the meal plans, what I love about it is I cook my meal and I immediately portion it. Like I put it in my containers. And so I am not guessing because I can talk myself into anything. I can convince myself half of a giant soup pot is my portion. Like I am just not good with, um, again, looking for those external validations um, to tell me what I need. And so by making a recipe, say it serves four and then putting it in four containers, every time it's a meal time, I just look at the container. I know that's my meal. I know it's enough for me. I know it's going to be enough for me. And I can kind of 
skip all the metal colorful talking that I would normally do to myself. I'm like, this is my portion. This is how much I'm supposed to have. This is going to fill me up. Like it's planned for me. I don't need to guess or worry. I can just let all that anxiety go and this is appropriate. And um, it really helps my husband too because he would never know how much of something he was supposed to take. He'd be like, well, how much of this, am I gonna be hungry? Like, and so he just scoop a lot and it, it's so hard to know, like, is that gonna fill me up? But because everything's all like nutritionally balanced and calorie out, you just get the right portion. And so um, for both myself and my husband, it's like, it just, it's such a relief. Like I can leave in the morning and just grab my container and know I'm okay. Like know that I have what I need, that the hunger emergency isn't going to happen. And then it's enough. But one of the other things too, when you were talking earlier about moms and finishing their kids food is that was a problem for me is like, I would do the fit, like the liquor food or let me eat the last cracker. Uh, but one thing that I've had to do since is like, say, that's not mine. Mm. Like that's not mine. And so one of, um, the girls who works for me, she brought in these granola bars for work and they look really good. They're like chocolate and peanut butter and I want to eat them, but I'm not going to because they're hers and that's not, they're not mine. And so I have to say that like, they're not mine. They're not mine. They're not mine. Cause I can't eat her bars. and I don't even know where she buys them. So I can't even like sneak one and then replace it. Um, and so <laughs> that had been so successful for me that I started doing it with like kid snacks and things that my husband eats that I don't. And, um, it's amazing. Like I no longer struggle. Like it used to be such a struggle to not eat my husband's candy. And it used to be such a struggle not to eat the potato chips that were in my house, but I, they're not mine. Mm -hmm. And it's again, the mindset, it's like, they're not mine. That's not mine. And so like, I have all these things in my house now that normally I'd been like, no, they can't ever be here, but it's because they're not mine. And I like tell myself that. And I'll sometimes go to um, parties too and be like, that's not for me. And Friends of mine who are alcoholics, that's what they do at parties. Like, there's tons of alcohol around, and they're like, good for you, not for me. Good for you, not for me. Or um, I like a delayed strategy is that I got from one of my friends who's an alcoholic who's like, well, um, I'm not going to try to be sober 20 years today. Like, that's too hard. But um, what I decide is, because, you know, food is sort of like my drug, is it's like, I really struggle with dehydrated mango, and I got this from him with his alcohol, is he's like, okay, I'm not going to drink right now, maybe tomorrow, but not right now. And he's like delayed just by that simple mind thing of like, well, I'm not going to eat this right now, but maybe tomorrow or maybe later he's been able to stay sober for 25 years. And so for me, like the idea of never, ever, ever, ever having, you know, like chocolate or dehydrated mango ever again, just seems like so sad, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to eat this right now, maybe later. And I've been, I've managed to do it all the way. I recently, um, post on Facebook about a vegan blueberry pie. Like I was really full and I didn't want to eat anymore. And I was like, well, if I eat it now and I'm not hungry, I'm just eating it for entertainment or something. That's not, not so good. Um, I was like, okay, maybe tomorrow morning. And then the morning came and I was about to convince myself pie was perfectly acceptable breakfast food. And I was like, you know what? If I eat this, I'm going to be really mad at myself that I had pie for breakfast. So let's have our oatmeal. And if after our oatmeal, we still want the pie, then we'll have it. And then I ate my oatmeal and I was like, you know what? I'm full. I don't want the pie. And this like went on for three days to the point where I was the one who threw out the pie and I never even ate it. And I wasn't even upset. It's just like, I almost have to bargain myself, delay, delay, delay. And I delay myself right on to being vegan for 11 years. That's beautiful. And what I want to point out is that that self-talk Mm. That compassionate self-talk mm -hmm. is the same way we 
we talk to little kids, you know, right. that's, that's how we should talk to ourselves. And it takes away that struggle. It doesn't make you like you're white knuckling, like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm staring down the pile. Oh. You yeah. know, it's more like, it's more like, Oh, you know what? How about we have it for lunch? And then yeah. like, oh, maybe tomorrow, you know, and that's one thing I've learned with working with kids is saying no makes everything worse. Like it just right. their anger and their fear. Uh-huh. So he's like, well, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, you know, maybe next week. having that possibility. Yeah. It decreases that anxiety and it right. that dopamine, that urge mm-hmm. to want it because you're like, oh, well, okay. They didn't say no. So later, and I love that using that trick, but also to point out that compassionate self-talk. Right. So whenever we're being kind with ourselves and not being like, oh, you stupid idiot. Why would you want to eat cake? You know, it's going to make you want to eat more cake and you're just going to binge. You know, that's not helpful. (laughs) No, no. And all it does is make you want to do it more because you want to escape from the feeling bad that you just made yourself feel bad. And because it's like I said, all the suffering, like I think if anything, suffering is the worst. Negative self-talk, man, that is just absolutely for suffering. Yes, for sure. Okay. So if somebody's listening today and they know that they have this overeating habit that they're Mm -hmm. struggling with and it's bringing pain in their life, what would be your suggestion on what's the first step that they can take to start to change that habit? Admitting it. Um, even if it's just to yourself, like if you have a trusted friend you can talk to, I definitely think it helps to say like, I'm an, like, even if you don't want to be like, I'm an overeater, but just like, I'm having trouble, like really reining it in, like, um, make a friend online, like something to just, or like I said, just acknowledge it to yourself because that was me. And I describe it as like, I joke and say it was like this coming to Jesus moment. I was an overeater, but it was, it wasn't a great grand moment. Um, it wasn't beautiful, but I was just like, I eat too much food. I remember just thinking that to myself, finally, like, I am eating too much food. And I just felt like this relief. Like I wasn't struggling anymore. I accepted it. And now I had, once I made that decision, I can move on to the next step, which was figuring out a plan. Like what was I going to do next? But I spent a lot of time like kind of not, I don't, maybe denial or just lying to myself. Like, no, not really. It's not that bad. I mean, I don't eat that much. Like it was only the one time I had six potatoes and only the one time, like, you know, like I was really kind of, justifying it and again this is like where I hear with like a lot of my friends who are addicts like well I only did coke off the back of a bumper once like you know (laughs) like there's so many things that we can tell ourselves we're like well I only got blackout drunk once um but it's because we come to this vision of what we think the worst is what we think the worst is and if we don't look like the worst we somehow convince ourselves it's okay, but you don't ever have to get there. That's what I want to tell everyone is you don't have to get to the bottom. You don't have to be where my worst was, and I can't believe I'm going to admit this, is I ate two bottles of ketchup. Like that was the worst thing that I ever did in terms of this. And you don't have to get there. And if you've already been there, there are still more places you can go that you don't have to go. Um, But I was just like, I wanted something sweet and I was too scared to eat candy. So I ended up eating ketchup, but not any better. (laughs) But um, you don't have to get there. And so the first thing you can do is be like, I'm eating too much. I want to change. This is it. Like I really accept that you're going to change. And then you do. And for me, um, the, the most important thing I did was portioning, like planning my food, like making sure 
that I had my, like I cooked on the weekend or every other night and I would portion out my food and then I would have my portions and I would know. And I, before I ate, as I talked about earlier, I'd be like, this is enough for me. I wouldn't go into it thinking this isn't enough, but like really starting to like bring back the portions, stepping down to getting used to eating less. And then, um, another thing that I find extremely helpful is to, write a quick gratitude list of things, either a gratitude list, like three things you're grateful of, and then three things you do right every day. And I don't care what your day looks like, you always do three things right. It may very well just be that you brushed your teeth, got out of bed, and um, smiled for a half second even though it was fake. Like there, there's always three things that you do, um, you know, you do right every day. And it starts that positive self-talk. It starts that positive self-talk of like three things you did right. Like, um, you know, today, some days I have some really great things to say about myself and other days I'm like, um, you didn't kill your husband. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. I'm glad, I'm glad that's on your list. So <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one that ends up there very frequently. Um, you know, you didn't pick a wedgie in public. I don't know. Like, you know, you can always come up with three things. And so it makes you like yourself more. So there's less suffering there. Cause like you said, it's very easy to go to the, you're, you shouldn't want cake. You bad girl. Why do you like cake? You're a weak person. Cause you like cake. Cake's so bad. You shouldn't like it. Like, this is not helpful. But being like, oh, I didn't get the pretzels in the break room, or like I picked up a pretzel and realized I didn't, and I put it back, or oh, I cleaned my toilet before I had seconds, just like Lindsay said. Like these things are all positives. So that's one of the other things I would tell people is like write three things you're grateful for, even if it is um, there's a roof over your head, you're alive today, and you can read. Um, those three are always available, and then three things you did right, and that really starts to help switch the positive mindset. Because once you start seeing one thing positive, you'll build on it because it'll feel good. Um, but it's so easy, you know, it's so easy to be, to go to the negative. And um, one thing that I learned when I was doing my research last year on mindset is um, how you talk to yourself. The nastier you talk to yourself, the more you'll allow someone else to do it. So any other person can be as mean or as nasty to you as you will allow to yourself. And so if you want other people to treat you well, you got to treat you well. But it sounds like so, oh my God, Lindsay's from California. But it really does make a difference. And so, and I find too, when I criticize other people, I make criticisms on me. So when I do that, when I do judge someone because I'm not perfect, I make myself say a prayer for that person. So like if I'm just like, oh God, why did she wear that? I'm like, I'm glad she feels confident. Or like... Oh God, my husband's complaining about this again. I'm really glad I have a husband. Yeah, just like all the time. Or, oh my God, that person just cut me off. What a jerk. I hope that, you know, they're getting to the hospital to the loved one that's having a baby. You know, like I just constantly try to turn it around. And the more I do that, um, the more, the more, the more love I have in general, the more I find that I just don't want to eat as much because I was using eating to, um, it was the only thing I loved. It was my favorite thing. It was how, uh, I didn't have any other hobbies or interests. All I did was cook and eat and I could justify it because I wrote cookbooks for a living. I did meal plans for a living and I was a food researcher. Um, but I had to go find new hobbies and knitting and reading worked out really great for me. So that's the other thing is find something that you love and are interested in that isn't just food and nutrition, mm -hmm. even though those are good things. Yes. And give yourself permission to do them mm -hmm. because I think that food becomes easy because everybody has to eat and it's right accessible. It's always available. So that becomes a hobby that becomes, mm -hmm. and I can so identify 
with food being the most exciting thing <laughs> in my life. The thing I want to do the most out yes. of activities, even being with my children. I yeah. want everybody out of the kitchen and I want to sit yeah. here and I just want to eat my food. Leave me alone. You know? Leave me alone. And so I, I can completely identify with that. But just yeah. going back to that first tip of mm. admitting it, I love how you put it into a place where it's just it's just objective information. It right. doesn't have to be this emotional, oh, I'm a bad person. Oh, why how did I get to this? Why, you know, this and this. And also going one step further from that too is to stop comparing. Because yes, right. there are going to be people that you see on Instagram and Facebook that are eating like 20 pounds of food a day and they have six packs and you know, whatever. And you want to be able to do that too, but you have to know yourself as an individual and you have right. to take that feedback and say, you know what? I really think I'm eating too much. Despite right. this and this and this expert say, right. I can tune into my intuition and mm -hmm. it's not because I'm a bad person. This is no. information. Yep. And it's not even like, oh, I got bad genes. And what I can say to a lot of that is people lie on the internet. They just do. We all do. We all post our best images on Facebook. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a, a celebrity or not. We always put, like, our highlight reel on Facebook. Like, where most of us aren't putting, like, the worst days on Facebook. And so it, you don't really know what that person is really doing. Maybe they are being honest, but what their reality isn't yours. And, um, like... I know I keep talking about like alcoholics, but like one of my friends, like she didn't get help because she would look at her husband and think like, well, I don't drink as much as him. So clearly I don't have a problem. It really has nothing to do with him or anybody else. It's, do you think you have a problem? Like, are you unhappy with your consumption or how your life's working out right now? Because if you do, that's all that matters. Yes. You don't need to compare it. And like, that was one thing that happened to me with my weight is like, I felt like I couldn't even talk about it or complain because I was like, but there are other people who weigh more than me. But there's also people who weigh less than me. Mm -hmm. It's not really about them. It's, it's do I feel comfortable in my body? And that's my standard. Like, people will say things like, oh, well, you know, you've lost too much weight. Or, oh, she really should lose more. You can't make anybody happy. It's all yeah. about yourself. No, you have to be able to find your own self-worth and your own validation mm -hmm. for yourself. And then, like I said, just tune in. I want to give you some time because I know we can talk about this all day, Lindsay. Oh, I know. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> so much to talk about. But I do want to give you time to talk about a new product you say that yeah. you're going to want to hear all about it. So tell us. Yeah, I haven't told anyone yet except you, so I'm really excited. But, uh, I feel so yeah. privileged. Yeah, so I've been doing um, weight loss research for almost three years now, and I've read somewhere north of like, I think 27 books and 54 journals, so I'm really deep into it now. Um, but I wanted to know why. Like, I wanted to know, because when I first came out as an overeater and said that, like, I was overeating and that um, I was eating perfect, but I still wasn't losing weight, I wasn't gaining, I, and I started to gain there for a while. Um, I was like, why? Because other people be like, that's my story. I gained weight on a plant-based diet or, oh my God, I lost 40 pounds too. And then it just stopped there and nothing I could do worked. Or I got to that weight where, um, I couldn't break that barrier either. And so I was like, why is this happening? Why are we seeing those people on Instagram and have all this great success? And then there's others who don't. Um, and so I started my research and that's what I did. And I, I learned a lot, which the podcast is super nerdy, but I do break it down to be a little bit more mainstream. But all summarization is this whole time um, people have asked me to like do some kind of weight loss plan that was realistic, that was normal, that wasn't crazy crash diety, and that was science-based, meaning I was basing it off of the science that I knew and the scientific strategies that I used to finally like fix my overeating, fix my mindset. And so 
what I did is after reading all those books, I realized that there were three pillars to weight loss, which is the food that you're eating. Um, and I, an example of that is, you know, carrots is not the same as carrot cake. Like we can't compare a hundred calories of those two things and expect them to react the same in our body. So there's the food, like the actual makeup of the calories you're consuming. Uh, there's the mindset, which we've talked a lot about, about if you believe something will fill you up, it will. If you believe it won't fill you up, it won't. If you believe you're going to like it, chances are you will. If you go into a meal thinking it's ew, gross, whatever, you're not going to like it. Um, and we know that with anyone who's been around children knows that bad job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what did I do? Did I two? Yeah. Did I two of them? Yeah. Um, and the other one is behavior modification, which is something like portion control. Um, is an example of a behavior modification or putting it in a bowl instead of eating it back. So these are the three things that are required for weight loss. And um, so I'm building, or I have been building a sort of guide meal plan that brings all the science in and chooses foods that are scientifically supportive to make weight loss a little bit quicker. And it's ideal for someone who's like, I just, I know, like you're saying, I'm overeating, something's happening, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start, here is the step-by-step -step approach to do it. And so that's going to be available in early March, um, but it's going to be great. And it's so, it's like I said, it's the scientific strategies that I use and that I've been using, not only with the meal plans, but with my, my private clients. You know, some people have lost over 100 pounds, so it's, it's just awesome stuff if you need sort of that helping hand and you want to do it science-based, not just go pick up the new latest only eat green vegetable diet, which I did once and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the past now. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. I can't wait to see it. So this is going to be a guide, a sort of guide is going to be available on your website or how can people yeah, it'll be available through definitely through getmealplans.com, which is meal mentors. Um, my meal plan program, but I'll probably have it on happy herbivore two, but um, yeah, it'll be like a 14 day meal by meal. Here's how you eat. And then also with some like training steps for getting your mind right. Like for example, one of the things that I say is like, okay, today you're going to, before your meal, be like, this meal is really beautiful and satisfying and I'm a good person for eating it. You know, just like little things like that to sort of, cause like you said, it's really hard to start. Like you don't just one day wake up and have all these brand new good healthy habits um, you need. And a lot of people don't even know where to begin. Um, like I said, one of my favorites is having a pop-up on the phone saying hunger is not an emergency or um, you do not live in a famine. Mm -hmm. Thank you goodness. So, yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> so little things like that or drink water. That's more important than the hunger emergency. Thirst is a big deal and you actually can make yourself sick by being really thirsty. So. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. And where can people connect with you? What social media are you on? And what websites do you want people to visit after they listen to this amazing podcast? I know. I'm so glad to be here. Um, so I'm happy herbivore on all social media, whether that's Instagram. I apologize. There's a lot of pictures of my dogs. But there's also a lot of pictures of my food. I cook a lot. Um, I'm on Twitter too, but I am very political there. Um, and then also on Facebook, there's happy herbivore. And of course you can go to getmealplans.com and you can actually download a free sample meal plan and um, happyherbivore.com is a treasure trove of info too and there's a whole bunch of happy for cookbooks in any bookstore so excellent and i'll make sure i put all the links to all of that on the show that. notes and i do want to have you back eventually because yes. because of you almost three years ago i started a minimalism journey and we practice minimalism. So I want to have a whole episode. We talk about yes. that. There wasn't enough time this time. That's so perfect. I was just thinking so. today that minimalism was like my first foray into learning about gratitude and stop seeking more. 
Yes, I love it. That is enough. You, Lindsay, thank you so much. You have a wealth of knowledge and experience. And I just think that this is such an important time to talk about this, Mm -hmm. to, you know, give people the information that feel like they're struggling with overeating so that they can take control, but also have that positive feelings, positive self-talk. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, have a plantastic day and I will catch you next time. Sounds good. Thanks. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocketsurgeonsmusic. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash veggiefitkids or you can email me at veggiedoctor, V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at veggiefitkids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli. big money on plant protection supplies now at menards defend your garden with triazicide insect killer its fast acting formula protects lawns vegetables and many other plants it kills more than 260 insects by contact above and below ground choose from ready to spray concentrate or granular save big money on triazicide insect killer at menards and check out our weekly flyer on menards.com for all the great deals happening now save big